0: Hey everyone, happy Friday. Welcome to an edition of Mediascope Brief. My name is Tachi, as you probably know. I talk all about media tech and pop culture news. Let's talk a little bit about how the more things change, the more they stay the same. Despite what we all think about Snapchat being on the decline, there's one thing that has stayed the same. Teens still love Snapchat, as well as YouTube. So both YouTube and Snapchat have dealt with significant crises over the past year, and YouTube had creators that were angry over demonetized videos, and Snapchat has struggled under the weight of the flagging stock price. and It's basically flailing its arms. That plus an awful, horrific redesign that kind of turned users off. But for U.S. teens, who are actually not millennials, but Gen Z, it seems that these social media platforms are still more popular than any others. A survey survey by the Pew Research Center, one of my favorite places that does research on the internet and in American life. They revealed that YouTube is the social platform used the, by the highest percentage of teens, while Snapchat is plat, the platform teens most commonly referred to as their favorite. Very interesting. So according to the survey, 85% of the 743 Pew, respondents who are between the ages of 13 and 17 use YouTube while 72% use Instagram, 69% use Snapchat, and just 51% use Facebook. Facebook skews older. When Pew ran a similar survey in 2015, 71% of teens self-reported to, uh, at that uh, as Facebook users. The social media environment among teens is quite different from what it was three years ago, said Pew Research Associate Monica Anderson. Back then, she says, teen social media use was mostly revolved around Facebook. Today, their habits revolve less around a single platform. So basically, their use is varied, not just one. When they're asked to choose just one platform, however, many teens still like Snapchat. 35% of respondents selected the, uh, the app as their favorite while 32% cho- chose YouTube 15 15- opted for Instagram. Interesting. You would have thought it was higher. And 10% stuck with Facebook. Mm, Zuckerberg is going to get on that quickly. This was the case with the 2015 Pew survey and the preferences were split along class lines with a higher percentage of lower income teens preferring Facebook to other platforms. Now that would be interesting to know why they preferred Facebook. Teens may not agree on which social sites to visit according to Tube Filter, but All of them, almost all of them can claim access to a connected mobile device. Three years ago, 73% of Pew respondents said that they have access to a smartphone. Now that figure is up to 95%. This is still interesting because I'm wondering, often when they do these studies, they're not as varied as they could be. Although Pew does a very good job of trying to be um, social, scientifically aware when it comes to that. I'm still wondering, there's still an awful lot of teens when you're talking about, um, in rural and uh, low income areas that do not have access to smartphones. So I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. I need a little more proof on that one, but in any case, this is very interesting. I'm wondering about the characteristics of their sample. And in fact, I probably will go to the Pew research center site and do a little more reading on this study, read the study in its entirety. Well, I hope that you enjoy this little piece of information. If you are, I I doubt many of you are teens, but if you have teenage children or you teach teens or you know teens, what do you see them using most? Are they really hooked on Instagram? Do you see them using Snapchat? Let me know. Okay, cheers. Hey, everyone, let's talk Hulu. So the Hulu CEO says that his company's live TV service has 800,000 subscribers one year after launch. So as I said, it's been about one year And Hulu launches live TV service that, like other skinny bundles, has a lineup of network and cable channels for a set price. Hulu's is $40 a month. Well, actually, $39.99. You don't fool me with that one penny, Hulu. And this gives you access to more than 50 channels. And it seems to be catching on with consumers because CEO Randy Freer told CNBC that they now have more than 800,000 subscribers. Their lineup includes all four major U.S. broadcast networks and their respective cable hubs, as well as the channels run by media companies like Turner and Scripps. The streaming video product launched in May of 2017, just one month after YouTube debuted their own skinny bubble bubble, skinny bundle YouTube TV. Since then, YouTube and Hulu have competed to woo cord cutters in January 2018. There was a report that indicated that Hulu's live TV service had 450 subscribers, while YouTube's had just 300,000. That's 450,000 subscribers for Hulu. So how have they catalyzed the growth of their live TV subscriber, subscriber base? Through highly visible advertising campaigns. During the NBA playoffs this year on TNT, they served as a presenting sponsor – of course, this was to raise awareness of its live TV product among sports fans, and in addition to receiving announcer call, call outs during the game and running ads, Hulu also placed its iconography on the sorry icono- iconography iconography I would say that word wrong iconography on the desk of tnt's NBA studio, according to Tube filter. So, that's nothing to scoff at, 800,000 in a year, but it's not clear how that number matches up with YouTube's current user base. So, let me know, are you a cord cutter? You know I am, but I am with Sling. Have you used YouTube or Hulu or Sling or are you a uh, PlayStation View or any of those these OTT, maybe DirecTV Now? Let me know. I'm interested in knowing what you're doing. Or are you just too sad at the thought of cutting cable that you can't do it, and you'd rather spend the $700 a year that it costs. Let me know. Okay, cheers. Back, everyone. Let's talk Roseanne. Yes, I know we all know that the sitcom has been canceled among the controversy of her diarrhea of the mouth tweets. However, there could be some saving grace because Darlene could come to the rescue, according to TV Line. So just about 72 hours after they canceled Roseanne, ABC is looking to possibly keep the franchise alive with a spin-off centered on Sarah Gilbert's acid-tongue single mom, according to TV Line. The standalone Darlene series was one of five offshoots that they actually proposed in the wake of her fall, Roseanne's fall, on Tuesday. But ABC could not be reached for comment on this. Interesting. So it's real. we're, We're all like... Are they actually going to scrap it? Now, of course, and of course, they should have canceled it among the controversy. But there were all these little twitterings on Twitter, etc. of, well, what if they just killed off Roseanne and kept the rest of the casting crew? So it looks now that Darlene may have her own spinoff in the wake of this. Well, we'll see what happens. Would you go for it? First of all, I wasn't, I refused to watch Roseanne this, this new reboot because she's so not in line with what I believe in. So I was not going to give her one cent of my time, but maybe you did and you enjoyed Roseanne. I mean, a lot of us watched Roseanne back in the day uh, prior to the, well, prior to us knowing she was off, we all watched Roseanne back in the day. So are you, were you a fan of the new Roseanne? Would a Darlene-centered spinoff fly for you? I'd be interested to know. Let me know. Cheers. Welcome back. Spotify apparently is scrapping their artist conduct policy. Didn't know they had one? Well, yeah, they did. Because earlier this month, they said they were removing R. Kelly and XX10, Tassion, however, the hell you say their name, who both have a variety of abuse accusations that are swirling around them. They were taking them down from their curated playlist due to a newly implemented policy around hate content and hateful content. Their music would remain on the streaming service, but the company would no longer promote it. Some artists started threatening to pull their music if Spotify upheld the new rules, and today the company officially said it will move away from the short lived code of conduct. In a news statement, the streamer addressed the uh, concerns of some artists that mistakes made in their youth would be used against them. They said this, that's not what Spotify is about. We don't aim to play judge and jury. We aim to reconnect. We aim to connect artists and fans and Spotify playlists are a big part of how we do that. Our playlist editors are deeply rooted in their respective cultures and their decisions focus on what music will positively resonate with their listeners. That can vary greatly from culture to culture and playlist to playlist. Across all genres, our role is not to regulate artists. Therefore, we are moving away from implementing a policy around artist conduct. This comes a day after Spotify CEO Daniel Ek admitted, we rolled this out wrong and could have done a much better job, saying that it was intended to prevent hate speech, but was deemed too ambiguous and open to interpretation, according to Vulture. This new statement does, however, say, or the new statement says that Spotify will continue to remove music from its service that qualifies as hate speech, meaning its principal purpose is to incite hatred or violence against people because of their race, religion, disability, gender identity, or sexual orientation. So X XXXTentacion, however you say his name, will be returned to playlist circulation, but the company currently has no plans to promote R. Kelly. And the thing is this, people or artists were upset because things they had done in their youth could possibly come back to haunt them. R Kelly is a grown behind man. So he should have some level of conduct. So I don't feel sorry for R Kelly. I don't even know this X1010, whatever the hell his name is. So let me know what you think about it. Do you think that if you mess up in your personal life, but you make great music that you should have the privilege of being Spotlighted by Spotify? Let me know. Cheers. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Tachi. Sometimes you may like to get at me off of these audio apps, and I would love that. All you have to do is tweet me at Tachiada, T-A-C-H-I-A-D-A. You may have things you want to hear on Mediascope brief or see on the regular Mediascope that I do on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. on Periscope and Facebook Live. Shameless plug. But if that is the case, you can always reach me there. I'm actively active on Instagram. I am Dr. Tachi. So that's Dr. Tachi. And then feel free to drop by the Mediascope page on Facebook, which is Mediascope. Just look it up that way or go to Facebook.com slash Mediascope 16. I hope to hear from you guys soon. I love to hear from you. And you can always drop me a line um, on Anchor too if you have any questions. Okay, cheers.